0: This is a Power 98.7 podcast. Now we're talking. Subscribe to Power 98.7 podcasts in iTunes or wherever you get your podcasts. There's more on power987.co.za. It's a wonderful thing when parents finally see the rewards of their hard work, sacrifices, and all those days, mom being a mom's taxi, shuttling somebody to and fro, various extramural activities at school. So, congratulations to a head girl and a head boy. All right, so what do our head girls and head boys like to tell us? Because, I want to bate among among manga. hmm. <laughs> talking about the Pinocchio syndrome. So what's to be done with um, a wayward politicians who overtly, deliberately tell lies? You know, it's one thing to sort of mangle the numbers. It's another thing to be very clear and coherent in what you're saying but it's not true when you exaggerate when you misrepresent yourself be it about the powers of community police wardens or that one million rdp homes are going to be built or that you're going to end load shedding by christmas or that you're going to scrap the electricity debt of township residents to escom and many many things or even more serious issues like the scale of farm murders in our country Helen Zilla. There are so many times politicians across the party lines have sought to just add a spice and a bit of lemon and a bit of exaggeration to what is the truth. And what recourse is there for supporters and society to hold them Accountable. Sandy Leswana joins us now. He's a political and governance uh, analyst. And uh, you're here to talk to us about what I'm calling the Pinocchio syndrome because whew, everybody's nose is growing long in South Africa.
1: Thank you, Lerato, uh, <laughs> and uh, good morning to your listeners. Good yes, morning. Good morning, yes. Um, you know... As we start this topic, I'd like to uh, uh, remind our people of at least two thinkers that have commented on this. Um, One of them being Tabombegi in in December
0: 2007.
1: Mm. Uh, He said, and and I quote this from a publication, African National Congress President Tabombegi has hit out against party members who use lies and dishonesty to achieve their goals. Mm. This is the practice that again is entirely foreign to our movement, the practice of using untruths, of resorting to dishonest means and deceit to achieve particular goals. This was what was worrying him in 2007. And as a basis of this, he asked whether The election results of the ANC will improve in the following year, in in 2009, and it actually got worse. They lost, they started losing votes. The other one is Professor Cornell West, an American Mm -hmm. professor.
0: Mm -hmm.
1: Cornell West talks about the elites, the ruling elites of America, the United States of America, as being continually involved in mendacity and duplicity. In other words, these are guys who are liars, who are forked tongue and 2 faced So uh, I want to say that, first of all, if you are saying there's a Pinocchio effect in our South African politics, you are telling the truth because we, we, we must be careful that we don't discuss things that don't exist. This one exists, it's there. And there's a long history of it. Maybe we'll get a chance to go to into that history, mm. but it is there.
0: Why is it allowed to happen? This is what I want to know. How can somebody stand up on a public platform in the full glare of the media, addressing an inbizo, a community gathering, and just start to spurn a whole lot of mistruths and exaggerations and not believe they're going to be held accountable?
1: I think there has been a backwards and forwards on this issue, because uh, mistakenly, my idea, the person that comes to mind uh, when you talk about this lying of of people in office is Ndaweni Mashang, who eventually Mm -hmm. lost his job. And interestingly, it was not even his lie that he was fired for. He was lie, he was eventually terminated for condoning lying of other people Mm. as a premier. Uh, It was the crooks were working under him that he was trying to cover up for uh, by justifying that even Bill Clinton is a liar, you know, lying in politics is normal. That actually got him terminated. But prior to that, he was not the first one. The first one was Gosazan Adramini Zuma. Mm-hmm. who lied under the Mandela presidency that she had received the authority of the EU funders, I think the country was Sweden, that was funding a, the HIV education program where her friend Mbongenigema was producing that sarafina 2 or whatever it was, and she said she had received that approval to put a friend there, and meantime, she had not received it. And eventually, it was Mandela himself who came to protest protect Zanaka Zuma that she's doing a good job and we must not allow these little misdemeanors to detract from the good job that she's doing in other words the lie that she told that she had not followed correct procedures in appointing her friend uh, to be the one uh, doing those messaging on HIV and AIDS so first of all it means people like Mandela himself started tolerating lies uh, when the lies are being told by certain people that he likes, mm. right? And then others, like Matthew Poffa and others, terminated in the when he told lies. And then there are other lies that are, remain unchallenged. For instance, you made an example of the lies that con- are continually being told around this issue of ge- white genocide in South Africa mm-hmm. and so on and so forth uh, that are not yet challenged, but they are there. And Mm. and they're
0: dangerous. Mm. Mm. All right. So let's go into some of the lies that are, you know, um, filtering public discourse currently. Right. So right now, Mm. the things that we're hearing. So the first most obvious one is the repeated lie that by the end of this year, before 2024, load shedding will be a thing of the past. Not only is that untrue, load shedding is now at its worst level ever.
1: Yes. Yes. So uh, so that takes us also not to the question of how we tolerate these lies. It also deals with how these lies get told uh, uh, and and how are we supposed to stop this nonsense of these lies. Um, <clears throat> so, for instance, in Ramaphosa, there's a video of where he went to Davos and, and the World Economic Forum and told them that actually... Through a social compact and agreement and cooperation among South Africans, we finished with load shedding. And and that video is still doing the rounds that he actually told that lie. Now he didn't say that we are going to finish load shedding on a short notice. He said it's finished. Told the world it's finished. In the following conference, he didn't attend because he was called back to come and fight self load shedding here, or he was also embarrassed of going back there. But his friends. Uh, and I went there and said within 12 months we'll be finished. By this December we'll be finished with lobe shedding. Uh, and which is now speaks to the comments by Mbalula, comments by Jose uh, Enzu uh, and so on. Now, uh, what is the problem here? The problem is that we as citizens and the intelligentsia, Uh, need to say, what is the baseline of this discussion? And there is a baseline for the discussion. The baseline uh, is produced by the system operator of ESCOM, who is the auditor of our power capabilities. And they produce it now, around now, a copy should be coming out if it's not out already. And when I read the last copy, it was clear that on that copy, the earliest we're going to stop, stabilize load-solding, not to stop it, is 2027. Mm The last report that was out. Now, if somebody says, it's Ramal it's Valula, it's Potungwana, whoever stands up and says it's going to finish load trading by December. Then let's start by putting that report of the system operator on the table and ask which variables are changing in this report. Mm-hmm. And how are you going to change those variables? Mm-hmm. And the way we've been told lies, even about I hear you mentioning jobs, mm-hmm. is that there's never a baseline. Mm-hmm. These jobs... The uh, person just says we created 500,000 jobs. Mm. How many were you supposed to create? How many were mm. jobs before? Were they created in the sectors that we're targeting? Right. So so these guys are just out there telling any random statement. Mm.
0: Okay. And and uh, and also what you've said from the timeline you've presented to us is it started at the apex level with the president telling a lie on an international platform. And then a year later, that lie having to be sustained by his cabinet ministers all the way until that lie started to be repeated by the secretary-general of the ruling party to the general public. So instead of arresting the lie, they gave it even more traction.
1: Yes. You know, um, there is a quotation, uh, and and, and this quotation is also there in a different way from uh, that is linked to the South African liberation struggle. But it was actually written in a book by Amilcar Cabral. Cabral said, tell no lies and claim no easy victory. Mm. The movement that was quoting this line, this, 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 this statement from Amilcar, was of the South African liberation movement. Because Amilcar Cabral, as Mbeki was saying, that in the most desperate times of the liberation movement, we never covered up our failures, uh, we never exaggerated our successes. But now, in 2007, going forward, we've started exaggerating things. We've started manufacturing original truths, mm. uh, I original untruths, original lies that have got no prospect of being true, that are random. Mm. So, and, and that are motivated by the greed for people to get power at all costs and maintain mm. power and access to public resources. So the morality from Mbeki, from Zuma, Khalima Muntante, Sir Ramaphosa, and some of them actually getting more and more involved in these lies and sustaining at presidential level,
0: sustaining lives. Mm. Okay, so you alluded to one of the more divisive issues as well. And this is the question of farm murder. So no one is going to condone at any point in time, any murder in South Africa, not least a murder of a farmer or an attack on a farm in whatever way, shape or form. But the uh, federal chair of the Democratic Alliance uh, found herself in a bit of a run in when the IFP in Parliament called out the exaggeration of the figures. And uh, suggested that sometimes the figures are being exaggerated and inflated to create the sense of a genocide against white people in South Africa. And the numbers simply don't back it up. Uh, Helen Zilla on a, uh, a talk show Uh, mentioned that about 58 people were killed daily. And when you think daily, 365 days, you do the math, we're talking 40,000 plus murders in South Africa. It simply doesn't stack up in terms of the reported cases with the police or uh, claims for burglaries with insurers. It's more like 77 farmers a year, not 70 or 68 per day, give or take. And so, not only is this a lie, but it has a very distinct purpose, which is to create a kind of a fear and to amplify a narrative that is racially polarizing. So what do you say about when the opposition tells their lies?
1: Um, Loretto, unfortunately this makes me very emotional. Uh, I live in the in the rural area of Maldives Drift myself. I live on a plot in mm. Maldives Drift among the farmers. Now, um, there are uh, obviously we have specific problems, and we have reports from the security companies. And we are, I've been chairman. Of, I am still chairman of rural safety, I've been chairman of the CTF. N- now there are clear things that are happening here. One of them, the pattern that has been identified, is that. Those properties that are not secured in any way that are, are vulnerable to be attacked are the ones that are attacked. Whether we are black or white, I have black people, natives of Africans, who've left their farms and ran away to go and stay in a cluster, what do they call a the gated mm. estate. Uh, I have been attacked myself, physically attacked, right, in the processes of land invasion and other things. So there's a lot of, of attacking and other things that go on. But there are scientific things that you can look at. One of them is are you adhering to the basics of security? In KwaZulu in Kwa Natal, kwanalu the Provincial Agricultural Association, identified clearly that there is a relation the relationship is more about the security measures taken at the site than the race of the person. So if the any site that is vulnerable is more likely to be attacked than one that is of a white person. Now, the second thing is that there are people in this country, and I talked to one of them, and I read some of the reports, who are calculating the level of readiness of South Africa to launch a full genocide against the whites. And when you read what these guys, some of these guys hold PhDs, when you read the thing that they consider in calculating how close is, is the South African government, to launching a genocide against white South African farmers and and whites in general. They, They actually say it's very close. But when you look at the criteria they are using, it's scientific nonsense. This is the whole thing that is actually trying to provoke the Americans to come to the rescue of white South Africans who are in trouble, trouble from the native population of South Africa. And all kinds of Disinformation and misinformation is being generated by so called educated whites to actually create pseudo statistics, pseudo facts, and generalize against the, pe- the native population of South Africa. So that is the problem. And the crime rates in Alexander, the crime rates in the rural areas of South Africa, including the villages, need attention. Not racial, not racial, this racial. Yeah profiling that is going on
0: yeah okay and and i think that really speaks to when lies are used expediently for political gain and it, this is absolutely gratuitous let's talk about opportunism we're in an election year and oh is the premier of gauteng doing a lot of talking <laughs> and he says a lot of things and then he has to backtrack the latest of his utterances is that all all Escom deaths will be scrapped and people will start from a new slate. I'm literally quoting the start from a new slate. And now he says, actually, uh, the it was all misconstrued and it got lost in translation. And yet he stood on a public platform. In this era of social media, there's a video recording of him saying exactly this. Prior to this is the case of crime, safety and security that you're alluding to. And he then put in his employees 6,000 um, uh What do they call them? Community wardens, crime crime wardens, except in terms of an act of parliament of 1977, that appointment would need to have the approval of the Ministry of Justice. It would also need, following the approval of the Ministry of Justice, be presented to parliament for... um, proclamation or promulgation none of those things have happened which basically means that the crime wardens have no policing authority they have no legal uh standing in the country and yet they've been employed deployed and they keep on being uh and the terminology keeps on telling us that they are here to augment the role of the police and legally there's no such thing and yet the premier is allowed to carry on
1: Yes, uh, you are talking about political opportunism, uh, and uh, de Sufi is well-placed to lose the province uh, of Gauteng under the ANC. The ANC is unlikely to win the election. He is desperate to get the maximum vote, at least so that he can be a and a serious negotiating partner for a coalition in Hauden. The video you are talking about uh, on ESCOM, uh, that I've watched it a few times, and he actually said in the video that it's official. This information is distributing, is official. <laughs> uh, without having verified anything, my first interview on that video, I said, you know, this thing, the only way that we can start entertaining this is if there was a detailed letter from treasurer about this that tells us exactly what it is that has been arranged. A statement from Panyaz Ali about this matter, even if he says it's official, carries a very little weight. And indeed, as time progressed, it became clear that he was misrepresenting the situation grossly for the sake of trying to say, he is working for the people of Soweto and many other places which are not, have not been paying properly their services, which is a failure of leadership on the part of the ANC from the start because they didn't create the culture of payment and maintain it. So, those are the problems that uh, uh, are there. The crime wardens, I hear, I see them, they drive in BMWs. It is one of the most. Uh, loud that have been allowed by Sir Ramaphosa to continue because this is good enough the actions that Panyaz Ali Sofi is taking are good enough for him to be discontinued from office and as residents and voters we should be not saying we are relying on opposition parties to rebuke Panyaz Ali Sofi we should be rebuking him ourselves for taking actions without proper legal advice and actually proper approvals from National Treasury on both the wardens and the uh, so-called ESCOM debt cancellation.
0: Okay, so we unfortunately we've run out of time and we have to end this conversation, Sandy Leswana. So my last question to you is what recall? So there's an election next year. People who've listened to you can either say, I'm going to use this information and vote differently or People can take other actions in Parliament. When you lie, it's called perjury. When you lie on a public platform, what do we call it, and what recourse is there?
1: <laughs> uh, that one is is, is very difficult, uh, but we can use one little example where Ramaphosa said that, that his government is not responsible for supplying electricity to South Africans, and people took him to court on that and won. And he's now being compelled to provide electricity, at least at a minimum, to certain types of institutions. Uh, So in every case that comes up, we do need to look at and say, is there something we can take up with the public protector, etc., etc., etc. But there are two readily available avenues. One, change your voting. Do not vote for liars. Number two, participate in the community participation forum, the public forums that are created in law, Mm. and challenge these things there in the world and elsewhere.
0: Yeah. Thank you so much for your time. It's been an interesting conversation, and uh, you've taken us back down, down, down memory lane when uh, the former premier of Mpumalanga said it's okay to lie, literally said it's okay. It is not okay. Time for the news.